everyone, and welcome to Literary Demerit, a podcast where we take a look at works of questionable literary merit. I'm Siobhan. And I'm Kester. So how does it feel to be uh, finally done with Dirty Laundry and finally, finally moving on to something different? Um, like a relief, but also, I don't know, are we truly done? I feel like you're jinxing us almost by saying, like, how does it feel to be done with Dirty Laundry? Um, like the monkey's paw is going to curl and something horrible, dirty laundry related is going to happen to us now. I mean, right after uh, we finished, you you mentioned that uh, we had forgotten to talk about uh, like our rewrite ideas for the epilogue. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll be returning to it sometime. <laughs> um, um, bonus episodes only because I want to get paid if I have to talk about dirty laundry ever again. Yeah. Um... I I really hope we'll find the time to do that within, like, the next uh, year. <laughs> but we have a lot of ideas. I mean, if if you ever take a break from playing Baldur's Gate 3, I think we could. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see what you're doing is, is you're talking about Baldur's Gate 3, uh, just like I've been doing for the past uh, week. Yeah. Um, two weeks now? Two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. I think it's it's been two weeks now. It it feels like it's been a day, um, <laughs> honestly. It feels uh, like kinda, it's been 10 years. I've, I've just been, I just teleported. Um, and the only thing that's been on my mind for the past two weeks is, has been Baldur's Gate 3. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, now we need to talk about something uh, that is uh, not Dirty Laundry related and not uh, Baldur's not Gate Baldur's 3 related. Not Baldur's Gate 3 related. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you that think you is, can do it? Yes, I think I can do it because... Okay. Um, well, I mean, we mentioned before that uh, Forbidden Fruit was our favorite fanfic, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I stand by that. I think that is our favorite fanfic. But I think uh, just going by myself as an individual, my favorite fanfic is Kelly the Roman Warrior by King Arthur II. Um, and I know you don't remember this one too much. Uh, we did read it. Um, I don't think we read... We read uh, part one and part two, I believe, but I never read uh, part three with you. So okay, because is... I also, about this one, I mean, you said it's your favorite fanfic, but I'm not sure if this is really a fanfic, at least not in the same way that um, other stuff we've covered has been. Like, it is on fanfiction.net, but um, I mean, like, it's not really for a fandom. There's some it's... characters from other works that show up in it, but it's like Godzilla. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's listed as a Lord of the Rings and Twilight crossover, but the main character is her own original character, and although um, characters from fiction and also real life do show up, it very much feels like its own thing. Isn't it mostly like public domain characters too? Yes, absolutely. Uh, public domain uh, characters like Dracula, mm-hmm. um. I guess Shrek isn't technically a public domain <laughs> character, but yeah, I mean he should be. And uh, uh, there's there's Bodica, you know, from and and lots of stuff from like Arthurian legend, um, mm-hmm. which I mean mm-hmm. makes sense because the author is called King Arthur too. I will say that is spelled King A U R T H R two, so spelled mm-hmm. wrong, and it's called King Arthur two because I guess he. Uh, well, let me read, read his profile. Uh, hello, I am really King Arthur, also spelled wrong in the same way. Uh-huh. But I forget my Oither Akkund, but I will make the new stories here and also reload the old one and make new parts. Um, everything wow. that King Arthur writes uh, sounds like this. Uh, there are more words that are misspelled than not. 
Um, it's uh-huh. very much like forbidden fruit in that sense. Uh, n- not that like every other word in forbidden fruit uh, was misspelled, but a lot were. And this is kind of the same idea. Um, and it's also the same idea in the sense that this person uh, knows how to write. Clearly a very amateur writer, but it's... I mean, I mean, I described in the last episode, uh, Mutant Museum described it as uh, a wellspring of genuine uh, storytelling, inspiration, and passion, albeit with not much articulation. And I think that captures the essence of uh, this fic and a lot of other King Arthur fics uh, perfectly. Um, yeah. And this, this fic has been like, I, I've loved this fic since high school. I was absolutely uh, delighted when uh, part two came out and then part three in... Um, let me read the dates here. Uh, Kelly the Roman Warrior was uh, published June 4th, 2012 and uh, finished July 24th, 2012. Um, Kelly the Roman Warrior Part 2 uh, was um, published on September 12th, 2014 and, and finished uh, July 30th, 2015. And mm-hmm. Kelly the Roman Warrior Part 3 was uh, published November 21st, 2017 and updated April 5th, 2019. And these fics are finished, which is um, very notable for fanfic because like, not only does not only is it finished, but there are three parts to it and they're all finished. Yeah, I mean, that is like... Even for, well, maybe especially for serious fanfics, that's kind of a rarity. There are so many fanfics that people just abandon partway through. I can't say that, like, judgmentally, because I think the only time I seriously tried writing a fanfic, I got, like, three chapters in and then stopped. But a lot of troll fics, especially um, ones we've covered previously, like Blood Raining Night, My Immortal, uh, Forbidden Fruit, they all just kind of cliffhanger. Mm Mm-hmm. So I guess not counting Dirty Laundry, this will be the first uh, fic we've covered that has a conclusion. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm not counting Dirty Laundry because we hate it. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, with Dirty Laundry, I wish it didn't have a conclusion because the conclusion sucks. Um, the conclusion sucks so bad. Uh, but, but this We can't talk about that again, though. But uh, yeah, we're, we're no more talking about Dirty Laundry, moving mm-hmm. on. Um. So this fic has been like a huge comfort to me for so long it is my guilty pleasure um <laughs> it's it is my friend um i i just love this series um and i know you don't remember it too much uh but hopefully you will uh i guess begin to understand yeah i think when we read this together must have been like back i don't know like 2019 2020 maybe mhm Um, and I don't really remember because, uh, I seem to recall there was a lot of other stuff happening at the time and I didn't really want to like completely, um, reread all of it before we started covering it on the podcast. Like I I thought it would be kind of fun to have you be very familiar with it and me going in more or less blind. Yeah. So I've like skimmed the first couple chapters, but, um, that's really all I've done apart from that. Um, I don't know this one. So you did mention before uh, uh, the word troll fic, but the thing is, I'm not even sure that this is a troll fic. I, I think just like Blood Raining Night, there is a lot of evidence that you could uh, suggest from like both sides. Um, the, these fics and like everything else King Arthur has written, it really just feels like some kid who has like 
this this like genuine love for storytelling and writing but isn't very good at spelling or like articulating things very well and like i mentioned before kind of in the same sense as for biden fruit um but this is like good in a completely different way um i think the main thing that you could uh, cite as to like proof of this being a troll fic is that uh, King Arthur started uploading, I guess from this new account, as early as 2012 and ended uh, as late as uh, 2019. Um, and there hasn't been like that much improvement in the grammar and spelling. So you might use that as evidence to say like, okay, this is clearly a troll fic because if someone was writing this in earnest then they would have improved but i think it has like improved a little bit just not in the like not in an extremely obvious way i don't want to speak like too preemptively because obviously i'm not familiar with this one um very much but from what i've seen of the pros just skimming so far um i think i'd put it i mean i say troll fic but i guess what's maybe more accurate is like stylistic suck Mm. um uh, like you said, I don't think it's believable that um, someone would write this way sincerely uh, for, what, like seven years? Mm-hmm. Like, if you were sincerely trying to improve as a writer, you would quickly move past the step because there's very basic spelling and grammar mistakes being made and stuff like uh, paragraph breaks, etc. But I think, um, I mean, what you're trying to say is that there's something in here that feels genuine, right? Yeah, I, well, everything feels genuine, really. Um, right, like, but it, I think the the prose is, is stylistic, right? Yeah, I get. Uh, you could definitely say that. Because um, I don't think someone would write in this style for seven years without improving unless it was on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's different from Forbidden Fruit in that Forbidden Fruit was, and, and clearly is, like, obviously trying to make a point about like, vampire fiction and a lot of the harmful tropes therein, uh, and with, like, fanfiction in general. Um, but this one doesn't really seem to be making a point about anything uh, other than that, like, the writer thinks that Arthurian legend and ancient Rome and um, fighting and magic is cool. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like there's some passion behind this one, but not um, not skill in the way that there's clearly skill behind Forbidden Fruit. Yeah. Like, whoever wrote Forbidden Fruit knows how to write. Mm-hmm. Like, that's very evident from the prose, even though the prose is bad. It's bad in a way where you can tell this person understands how writing works and are breaking the rules on purpose to be funny. Doesn't sound like that's the case with this one from how you described it. Yeah, why don't we just get started uh, so we can Yeah, start. we probably like, should, because I can't, like, really say too much more about this before I read it. All right, so this first chapter is called Kelly and the Fires... It was 2,000 year in the past in Roman, and there was a girl, and her name was Kelly Mariana Caesar Johnson, and she was 19 years old. Um, okay, so already, she has an Irish-Spanish uh, name. Yes. So, not really sure how she got that. Um, <laughs> you know, um, the Celts and the Romans famously got along great. <laughs> yeah, they really did. Um, <laughs> Besties. She had bulk hair down to her waist and a prefect face and wore a Roman armor and sword and helmet made of gold and sliver and it was cost a lot of Mooney. Um, mm-hmm. Not sure that makes for very effective armor. <laughs> but, Probably not. But I, I guess it's expensive and looks cool. Um, 
She lived in a big Roman house with pillars and everything, and her father was rich. He was the Caesar, and he owned all the houses for a hundred miles around, and he had thousands of Roman dollars, what they used in 2,000 years ago. Um, <laughs> Roman dollars. Yeah, you know, whatever they used. Uh, yeah. I am surprised, uh, though, that they got the date accurate. Um, like, yeah, that was when a pretty basic estimate for when this would have happened 2,000 years ago, ancient Rome, you know. Um, probably a little more than 2,000 years ago, but, you know. A bit more, perhaps. But, you know, like, it's it's within the ballpark. Yeah. Her mother was dead. She was killed in a in Vashion one year after Kelly was born. It was very sad. And then her dad wanted her to be like a girl and not too figged in the war. I will haunt to fight in war, she said. But father said, no, you missed not. What happened if you dead as well? I would cry for years. And then Kelly was unset. Farther is wrong. I will find a way to go to the war. I must figged for Romans, she whispered to herself as she but went was it out. Was that really such a good idea? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, this is not, this is not Utena. Um, <laughs> Why not? Can they still go to EBDB later? I, I was about to say it's way cooler than that, but honestly, like. <laughs> it's not. It you have to take that back. <laughs> It's cool in a completely different way. Um, <laughs> she whispered to herself as she went it out the room. The next morning, Kelly was woke up in the house by a butler who was her dad's slave. He did not cabuse his slavus, though, because that is mean. Oh. All right. Okay, so it's fine then. Um, <laughs> Slavery is fine as long as you're nice to your slaves. Yeah. We all know that. Anyway, she got out of bed and looked around and the bolter said, The house is on fire! Oh no! Screamed Kells. Parentheses. That is her nicknom. And parentheses. <laughs> yeah, thinks I get it. <laughs> you know, typically uh, nicknames aren't really used in prose unless that's what they go by primarily. Yeah, um, it's kind of rare for the narrator to use nicknames for the characters. Yeah, but you know what? I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> this, that was really funny. Uh, yeah. I must save my date from the flames. And so she run to her dad's bead room for look for him, but he was gone. Damn, is her dad like really into beads? <laughs> yeah, he has an I'm entire I'm just imagining room. he has like a really cool collection. He has an entire room dedicated to beads. Yeah, like those ceramic ones with the glaze. Yeah. Really fancy. I mean, he's rich, so he could. Yeah. Um, it's weird that the beads weren't mentioned when describing his wealth, but, you know, the palace has pillars <laughs> yeah. and everything, so, you know. Yeah. She looked out of window and saw a gigant monster in Roman town. It was wrecking all the houses. It breathed fire and had evil claw that dropped with blood, and its eyes were red and skin was black as a drachnite. Oh no, Godzilla has attack! I knew this day would come. The army was too weak to stop him coming to our land. Okay, um, uh, maybe this is, like, nitpicky or weird, but, uh, does anyone else feel like, uh, like, Godzilla is completely inappropriate in this setting? Like, Godzilla belongs somewhere with skyscrapers. This is the wrong environment for him. Like, please. No, no, you don't understand. She had- It's this... not enriching. It's, it's really amazing how she had the incredible foresight to know that Godzilla would attack. Um, <laughs> I have no idea what this has to do with the war, 
Um, like, <laughs> I assume they were fighting, like, you know, against the, the Celts or, 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 like, you know, someone that Rome, like, historically fought against. Okay, um, but- do the Celts have nukes? I mean, like, that's what Godzilla's a metaphor, right? Like, kaiju movies were about something. Uh, like, I know they're stupid, but... She knew that Godzilla was going to attack all along. <laughs> she didn't warn anyone? <laughs> I must get my armor and weapons and show she run to the armor place for where it was kept. She gotted her golden armor and helmet and also her father's magic sword and shield. And she also took a bow and arrow and then run outside to the stables. In Sid, she finds her friend Elkis. He was a magic ghost deer like the Patornus deer from Harry Potter and the Holy Grail slash Golbet of Fires. Um, okay, so this is because uh, in King Arthur canon, um, the Holy Grail is actually the Goblet of Fire from uh, Harry Potter. Yes. They they just didn't know the entire time. It was like there the, the entire time. And uh, th- that's that's why. So he's referencing the other story uh, with this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Godzilla was there too. It just wasn't mentioned. And also he could talk. Eklis, come with me. Godzilla is attacking our land. We must escape. And so Elkis said, Forsooth, my lady, I will carry you. Parentheses. He talks like old time, like in an old timey book we read at school one time. And parentheses. He actually doesn't talk that much, which is a shame because I love that. <laughs> I think it's really funny that he uses old timey speech, uh, but Kelly doesn't when it's like 2000 years ago. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be realistic about it, uh, <laughs> they will be speaking Latin, but um, <laughs> they would all be using old-timey speech, right? Yeah, but, you know, he talks in way old-timeier <laughs> language. He talks in Middle English, <laughs> which would which would be extremely modern. <laughs> uh, I don't understand how he talks in Middle ago. English uh, when Middle English had not been invented yet. Um, and... It's really impressive. Like, this is futuristic of him, really. Yeah. Anyway, Kelly got onto Elkis, and they ride away from Roman. I must find my father, but Godzilla is too power for me and Elkis to fig. But I will come back. She cried loudly into the sunset as the night began to fall. And that's the end of the first chapter. Wow. Um, I've seen people cite Kelly as a Mary Sue before, but she's really not. Uh, like, I will stand firm on this. Uh, you could say that she, there are a lot of cliches about her character. Um, and of course, you know, the, the, she had bulk hair down to her waist and a prefect face and wore gold and silver armor is like a very, um, I guess Mary Sue type line, but that's really the only thing that she gets here uh, that like makes her resemble a Mary Sue to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, we talked about this before. The term Mary Sue is like way overused and doesn't actually mean like when people use it, they don't use it to mean what it actually means. They just use it to mean a female character that I don't like, but she's already demonstrating flaws. Like, with her character in the first chapter. Like, she straight up declares that she's not powerful enough to defeat Godzilla, um, and she decides to run away instead. Um, I think that's a big establishing character trait for her. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I mean, I'm sure we've said this before when we were talking about Mary Sue's previously, but, like, there's certain things that are treated as, like, the signifiers of a Mary Sue, like, um, opening by describing your main character and... 
the stereotype of like, oh, a Mary Sue is any like protagonist who is an attractive, multi-talented teenage girl. But um, just like being an attractive, multi-talented teenage girl doesn't make a character a Mary Sue. It's how that character is like framed within the story. Yeah. Um, And so far, nothing has really uh, established Kelly as a Mary Sue in the way that like Ebony is or... Tia, which, like, I don't say that to be critical of those characters, because obviously, like, we think Ebony and Tia are fucking great. They're icons. Um, yeah, they're they're icons, but those are Mary Sue characters. But the reason why they're Mary Sue's is not because they're beautiful teen girls, but because um, they are the single most important person in the universe which they're from. And, like, none of the other characters get to have, like, motivations, uh, wants, desires, uh, plot arcs outside of them that don't involve them. Like, everything in the story centers around them. I also want to point out, um, Kelly, uh, Kelly's motivation in this story is to rescue her father, so clearly, like, the relationship between them is, like, it's very important to establish it already, and it is established within the first chapter. They clearly love each other very much, um, like, he's worried about losing her, uh, like, he lost her mother, uh, he can't even bear the thought of her fighting because it, it could, like, risk her, her death. Um, right. And she she wants to fight to, like, you know, protect him and the Empire, you know? Um, so that tells us, like, something about both of them. I don't know. I just think it's, like, it's, it's well established. Yeah, I mean, like, she does get a pretty classic protagonist uh, set up here. As, like, incoherent as this first chapter is, um... We introduce a conflict. Uh, Godzilla is attacking. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the protagonist has a motivation. Uh, she needs to find her dad. Mm-hmm. Um, like, she has an obstacle that she she currently can't overcome, but is working towards. Like, she can't fight Godzilla right now. Um, but she is trying to become a Roman warrior. So, uh, presumably, uh, one day she might be able to take him on. Yep. Um, and find her dad. Mm-hmm. So, that's... Like, a fairly solid uh, setup once you get past uh, everything. So, one more thing I want to point out before we move on. Uh-huh. Uh, father is constantly misspelled as farther. Um, and I think this is probably because the author is either British or Australian. Um, and so, like, he's just writing how he he thinks the word is spelled based on its sound. Um, you know, father and farther mm-hmm. are gonna be like pronounced uh the same way I- i'd say probably british because of the like you know um love for arthurian legend but you know that that's just a guess on my part um it could be and there there are a lot of other instances like this where uh where, where this happens it reminds me a lot of um the young visitors by daisy ashford and the style of that story also reminds me of, of the style of this one, just because that one was written by an eight-year-old girl. And so there were sim- similar misspellings. Like, she would spell things um, based on uh, how she thought they were spelled because of how uh, she heard them. I-, I can't remember any specifics right away, but there was a lot of stuff like that. Like, you know, father and farther. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll probably talk about that book sometime. But anyway. Okay, so chapter two is called A Meeting in the Drac. I guess we should clarify that uh, the last chapter was all one paragraph, and that's the case for this one as well. Yeah, the author doesn't know how to use paragraph breaks. Yeah. In the night, Elkis and Kelly walked for many hours until they came to a small hut in the road. It was maked off wood and sticks, and there was a light from the top of it. 
So Kelly got off and went to knock on the door for see who was in it owned the hut. Knock, knock, hello, is anyone there? She muttered, but she no one says, answered. She said knock, knock. <laughs> yes. Elkie said, it looks like no one is there, but the, the door opened. It was a small woman with wrinkled face and a cloak, and she said, who is it? Hello, I am from Roman. Our town was attacked by Godzilla. I was the only survivor, but I have no place to sleep. I didn't realize she was the only survivor. <laughs> Jeez, did she leave her butler to die? <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> I guess it wasn't. He wasn't nice to his slaves after all. <laughs> yeah, or I guess uh, maybe maybe Kelly's dad was, but she isn't. <laughs> this this isn't true, by the way. Um, <laughs> Godzilla did not kill everyone in Rome. Um. As uh, revealed later on. I guess she's just assuming she was the only survivor. <laughs> yeah. Alright, you can come inside, say Ad the woman. Inside the hut was dark, and the corner was a fire, and it flickered spookily on the walls. <laughs> this this reminds me of uh, the part in um, My Immortal where it's like the, the every, there was an atmosphere of horror, and, <laughs> uh, and the pictures looked at me scaredly. Um, but I do appreciate the uh, attempt to establish an atmosphere. I mean, it 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 works. It's just like, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, as as clumsy as it is, that's effective imagery. I get yeah. it. Yeah. I get what it's going for. There was an old table with herb on and some chairs, and Kelly and the woman sat down, and Elkis sat on the floor. <laughs> he sat. <laughs> I don't think deer sit. Um. <laughs> He's basically a dog. Yeah, I'm picturing uh, but, him, him just sitting like a dog. I, I mean, I guess I like the clarification, um, because otherwise I guess I would imagine him sitting in a chair, and that would be an e even funnier image. <laughs> I wish he was sitting in a chair. Hello, Kelly, and welcome to my hut, said the woman. How do you know my name? Exclaimed Kells. I am very wise. I can see into the future and the past and the present, and I know everything. Oh, wow. Maybe you can tell me, where is my father? He was in the house when attacked, but I know he is still alive. I can try to see where he is, but I will need speculative ingredients for the spell. There are very rare. I thought, I thought she said that she was the only survivor. <laughs> but she knows he's still alive. Yeah. Okay, I can get them for you. What do you need? I will need an org brain from the Cave of Skulls on Mount Terabell, a bag of gold dust from the mines in the desert in the west, a cup of blood from a vampire at Dracula's Castell, and one final ingredient. It is a rare plant from the Junigels. Okay, I can find them. I must know where my father is, showed Kells, and she put the saddle back on Elkis. Here, I have a map of the four places you must go, said the woman mysteriously. Thank you. And so Kelly got back on Elkis and they rode off to the Dracula castle. I'm glad we're starting with the vampires. I would do the same thing. Yeah, you did do the same thing mm -hmm. in Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. And you've yet to stop. I haven't stopped. You haven't um, stopped. It's because you're always on that damn vampire. I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm quite fond of vampires. I have noticed this. I've picked up on this with you. <laughs> um... Just just so you guys know, there is absolutely no way uh, that you can predict how the Dracula encounter is going to go. Like, absolutely no way in hell. Oh, you mean he's not going to do ASMR? No, he's not. Um, but I, I do find it a bit convenient that the woman had um, 
a map conveniently uh, placed of the four places that she needs to go to get uh, ingredients for the scrying spell. Also, it seems weird that um, the ingredients for a a scrying spell, which seems like a pretty like simple and uh, a spell with a lot of like uses, uh, it's a shame that the ingredients are so rare. Yeah. All right. So chapter three, the road to Dracula Castle. All right. On the map, Dracola Castle was to the north in Throw the Snow Mountains and the Winter Forest, and so they set off. The air was cold, and Kelly shivered. I wish I had packed my fur clocks, she said. <laughs> fur clocks? She doesn't know what time it is. Um, weird thing to make a clock out of, but I don't know. Maybe maybe that's what they did in ancient Rome. <laughs> yeah. After a few hours, they had maked to the bottom of the mountains. It was very windy, and snow blew into their faces hard. Um, again, good establishing uh, the atmosphere here. Um, uh, where where in Italy is this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, they said that they were at the bottom of the mountain, so I'm not sure why it's <laughs> yeah. so cold. Yeah. I mean... The Dracula Castle is famously not not in Italy. Not in Italy. So <laughs> I don't think vampires would want to live there. It's it's very sunny and there's a lot of garlic. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, yeah. This way, there is not time for rest. I missed find my farther, yellowed Kelly, and so they went on into cold snow. In the winter forest, it was also dragon cold and spocky. Elkis and Kells could hear her howling of snow wolves, the most dangerous animal in the world. Um, it's weird that this is like a fantasy setting and wolves are the <laughs> scariest thing that uh, the author can think of, but uh, okay. Um, um, Godzilla was here like two <laughs> chapters ago. Maybe he doesn't count as an animal. Maybe we're just uh, referring to like non- uh, oh, like mundane animals. Yeah, but I mean, still, I think like mosquitoes and hippos have you beat technically when it comes to dangerous animals. Um, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, they're up there, definitely. Mm -hmm. Then they saw some paws in the snow and Kelly got off Elkis for closer look. Oh, not! It is the paws of Snow Wolf Vez, screamed Kells. And then a white shape leapt out of tree. It was a snow wolf! <laughs> she really couldn't have seen this coming. Um quickly draws her magic sword from her farther and shouted, Farther, give me strength of Caesar. I can slay the snow wolf, Vez, with your strength. Um, it is spelled Caesar, by the way. That's not just me mispronouncing it. So uh, yeah. that's how I'm going to say it. <laughs> then three more snow wolves came out of the forest and it was a battle for the death. Kelly stricked a snow wolf hard in the back, and it bleated all over the snow and turned it to blood red color. Elkis head booted a snow wolf with his powerful altners, but it was not enough. More snow wolves were cooming out of the trees, and Kelly thought she was going to die. A snow wolf knocked her down into the cold blood snow and started to claw her body with sharp claws. It was about to be all over. She had filed her farther, but then the wolf started to bead and fell down dead with a crossbow bolt in its back. Good, they are all dead, said a cold voice. And who is this pathetic girl who could not stop a pack of snow wolves? Kelly looked up and saw it, a old man with pile skin and fangs, and he wore a drac cape, and Kells reorganized it was Dracola of Dracola's castle. 
I love that he just like shows up and immediately <laughs> says that she's lame for not <laughs> killing enough wolves. Again, again, <laughs> again. She's she literally fails to to fight uh, like a pack of snow wolves and um is called pathetic by Dracula. Like it's like even funnier though because it's still impressive of her, but he's just acting like she's a complete fail girl for being like a nineteen year old who can't single handedly take down a wolf pack. Well, I mean, the point I'm trying to make is like she still clearly has growing to do. She was right about not being powerful enough to uh, stop Godzilla. Clearly, um, right, right. But it's it's like even funnier that. Uh, her skills are still in a pretty impressive range, and it's still not enough, and she's mocked for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if if she truly was a Mary Sue, uh, she would single-handedly defeat all the snow wolves. Um, yeah, I'm just, um, I'm kind of pointing out that she's falling in this middle ground, because sometimes you see characters who are still essentially Mary Sues, but they don't really have any skills, and they kind of suck at everything. Uh, but that's used to make them like a pity object, and the story still revolves around them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's not the case here because she's she's perfectly competent. It's just not good enough. Yeah. Hello, Dracula. Thank you for saving me from snow wolves. I am Kelly, and this is Elkis. We were looking for your castell, but you are here instead. Yes, I am. It is long story," said Dracula angrily. "Come with me, and I will tell you everything." Abd, so Darkula took them into a small rowing camp and lighted a fire with magic vampire powers. Now, I will explain, mentioned Dracula. <laughs> the dialogue tags he's getting are really good. Um, he says it's a long story angrily, um, <laughs> but then he just mentions that he'll explain. <laughs> I mean, he's pissed off about something. Let's, uh, let's see what it is. Let's see what it is. Oh, maybe the chapter title explains it, because chapter four is called uh, Trabel at Castel Dracula. At the camp, Dracula sat down and exclaimed, I was in my castel one day with the other vampires drinking some blood, and I heard a knock at the door, and it was a stupid-looking man, and he sang his name was Edward Colleen. He said he was a vampire, so I let him in, but he didn't look like a vampire, just a normal teenage boy. A it was okay at first. <laughs> <laughs> that is what the average teenage boy looks like. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair. It was okay at first, but he gived all my other vampires a book to read, and it was some rubbish called Twilight. <laughs> and then the other vampires got annoyed with me and say, We cannot kill the humans no more. They are friends. Even if they attacked us first, the book says so. And they got all sparky. They were not proper vampires anymore. They lost magic vampire power, so I left. <laughs> he just fucking left. Wait, wait, sorry. That's so funny. Like, first, that Edward um gives them all... Like, he shows up and he gives them all a copy of Twilight to read. <laughs> like, he, he gives them a, co a copy of the book that he's the love interest in um, for them to read. Yeah. Like, that's already deranged. It's like, imagine someone wrote, like, erotic fiction about you, and you showed up at the door of, like, some people you never <laughs> met and were like, Hi, nice to meet you. Read this, please. Yeah. And then they read it, and it changed their entire worldview, and also took away their vampire powers, and made them sparkly. Uh, like, that's incredible. I, I don't know what to say to that. Yeah, I, I just, I have no words. Yeah. Um, Erg, that sounds awful, said Kels. Vampires are supposed to be very power. Yes, and now I am the only real vampire left, mentioned Darkula Drackley. 
I was come here for a cup of blood from the castel from safe. My farther, maybe we could cold go together. I could help get rid of this horrible Edward, Mebchind Kelly. Everyone's just mentioning things now. <laughs> yeah. Good idea. If you do, I will gift you the blood, shouted Dracula. And so they set off. After a few hours of walking in the snow, they sawed the old castle, Dracula. It had iron gates and gargoyles on the walls and skulls in the windows. Kelly was impressed, but also a little sacred as well. What happened if the vampires were still power? They waked up to the big front door and Cracula pulled a big skeleton <laughs> key from his pocket and turned the loke and the door opened. Cracula? <laughs> Cracula, yeah. In Sid was a castel front room with a stone stairs and a red... Capret, the color of blood, or was it real blood? <laughs> uh, was it a carpet or was it blood? I feel like it should be pretty easy to tell. Uh, I, I always assumed that it was like the carpet was dyed with blood or something. <laughs> yeah, I guess, but probably not though, because I think blood is a dye. Would wouldn't it just turn brown? Um, maybe like magic vampire blood is different. Oh, yeah, you're right. I mean, you're the vampire expert. I am. Mm -hmm. Thank you for noticing. Edward will be in my throne room, spat Dracula, and so they walked in onto the throne room for look for him. That's a really and good Sid dialogue tag for him, though. He's just so fucking <laughs> pissed off about these stupid sparkly vampires. Yes. <laughs> in Sid was a teenage boy on a massive throne, macked of skull and bone and blood. In his hand was a book, and it was the Twilight book, what Dracula had talked about. When he saw Dracula, he laughed evilly, ha ha ha. So you have returned, Dracula. Do you think you can challenge me? I have brought friends, said Dracula with an evil smile, and Kells replied. Yeah, we can degeat you, Edward. You aren't even a real vampire. Okay, so... I, I'm not really understanding this. Okay, so they, they lost their vampire powers and that they got all sparkly and yet Dracula, who is a real vampire, isn't able to stop them without help. Yeah, I was also going to mention the powers thing because, um, I mean, the Twilight vampires get made fun of a lot for, I think, mostly justified reasons. Um, and Stephanie Meyer did inter introduce her own vampire lore, which a lot of people, uh, I think, pretty rightfully think is stupid. But it's not like she totally defanged her vampires. Like, they're not powerless. Um, in some ways, they're actually harder to kill because they can't be defeated by sunlight. Yeah. Um, or garlic. Uh, so they don't have all the same weaknesses traditional vampires do. But they're, like, incredibly strong and fast and often have some extra power. Like, Edward can read minds. Uh, several of his other like vampire siblings do have like an additional power that's an amplification of something they were good at as a human yeah um, i mean <laughs> the twilight vampires are like extremely op when you think about it yeah like they're they're very powerful um, their skin is as hard as stone and the only way to kill them is by uh cutting off their head and limbs and burning all the pieces yeah you have to essentially rip them into shreds and set them on fire or they'll regenerate yeah it's yeah it's freaky um I think there's like a pop culture conception of the vampires in Twilight as being weaker because they're obviously designed more around sex appeal than around being scary, but they are um, very powerful. And we don't really know what um, abilities this version of Dracula has because these things, of course, vary in vampire lore. And so with nothing being defined here about like what a standard vampire's abilities are versus like Twilight vampires, I don't actually know who's more powerful here. 
Yeah, I mean, it sounds like Dracula can be killed, like, with some garlic or by a piece of wood in his heart, so I'm not really <laughs> if sure. If it's garlic or crosses, like, this, this is a real problem. They're in Italy 2,000 years ago. <laughs> you know, um, the Romans were really into crucifying people for a while there. Yeah, pretty, a pretty saying. bad place to like, be almost for Dracula. As, almost as into it as they were into garlic. All right, so... <laughs> Chapter five, Vampire versus Vampire. I think about this like chapter title all the time. I, it, vampire versus Vampire. <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny to me, but it is. I was just kind of thinking like spy versus spy, you know, <laughs> but they're vampires. Ah, but I also do not fig the loan, whisper Edward. We're starting mid-conversation, I guess. Yes. Miss Certiously, and he pull out the Twilight book and put it onto a altar fill of blood. He starts to chant a ancient spell and the book filled with blood and began to rise up into the air by a magic. <laughs> Wait, so the book is like a magical tome? <laughs> it is. I call you Stephanie Mayer, come to your servant aid! Holy he, shit. He cried, and suddenly the room went cold, and an evil wail filled the air. Edward, I am here to help you! The ghost of a woman appeared in the room. It was the spirit of Stephanie Mayer, the writer of the Twilight book. Ha ha! Someone cast banishment. <laughs> Go. Go in the dark. <laughs> Go in the dark. Ha <laughs> ha! She who created me is here. Now what power to you do have to stop her and me at once? Yellowed Edward, and the battle began. <laughs> now hang on. What powers does Stephanie Meyer have? She's a ghost. I guess she's like his patron or something. I mean, basically, yeah. But um, she's just like, she's a Mormon lady. I don't think she has powers. Well, let's read and see what kind of power she has. Okay, okay. Edward pulled out a sword and so did Dracula, and they began to sword fight on the blood carpet in the room. Kells <laughs> went against the evil spirit of Stepheny Mare and draw her bow and arrow and began to shot at the spirit, but the arrow was ineffectual. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. Oh no, the bow and arrow is unless I must get my farther sword. You know, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that if a bow and arrow doesn't work, then a sword isn't going to either. You need some sort of, like, anti-ghost magic. <laughs> Banishment. And so she pulled out the sword and felt the strength of Caesar run throw her. The spirity did a dark spell and shooted a spirit bolt at Kelly, but her farther shield blocked the attack. Meanwhile, Draculaca had pined Edward to the ground with his sword and was trying to kill him, but he was doting the attack. How is he dodging the attack while pinned down? <laughs> also, I love that they're like, we just had that whole conversation about like, who's the more powerful vampire here? And then they don't even use vampire powers on each other. They're just <laughs> they're, sword fighting. Just sword fighting. Okay. Sure. I, in answer to your question is like, uh, how is he dodging the attack? I imagine he's like contorting his body. And so like every time um, Dracula tries to stab him, he just like twists out of the way. He's, uh, he's dodging faster than the speed of light while the clear leaders are throwing their balls at him. <laughs> your pathetic writing shall not harm any more, Pepole! Yellowed Kelly and slashed the bloody book of twilight and it burned with a red flame and the spirit screamed in pain. No, I am the best writer in the world. And then the spirit faded into the sky and disappeared. 
I, I do love that word, uh, wisappeared. Um, it reminds me yeah. of, of uh, Triumph Elephantly. Yeah, it is similar, I think. Like, she she disappeared while whispering. I think this should be an actual word. Mm-hmm. We have got you now, Edward. Stephanie Meir cannot save you, said Kells. And she went to do final blow on him, but he turned into a bat and flew out the window. Um, this is famously, like, not a power that... Uh, twilight vampires have um they cannot <laughs> yeah. turn into bats um <laughs> no he can like run really fast yeah yeah uh <laughs> he could just run away <laughs> you might have won this time dracula but next time it will be me he shouted evilly and flew away thank you for helping my mentioned dracula here take this blood and so she took the cup of blood and put it into elka's saddle bag wow she she toked it <laughs> <laughs> yeah he went through a lot of trouble to get it. Um, mm-hmm. Come on, Elkis. Now we must go to the Cave of Skulls, said Kelly. I will come too, said Dracula. I knew the Caesar. He was a good man. I will save him with you. And so they set off for Castle of Skulls for find the Ogre Brain. This is an RPG. Yeah. <laughs> the party's expanding. It really is. They're doing quests. So uh, chapter six, finding the ogres. Dracula and Kelly walked oit of the Dracula castle and started on way to Mount Terrible and Caver of Skulls for getting the ogre brain. The way to Cave of Skulls was back through the cold snow mountains and into the mountains of terror where it was dark and scary. They carried on in the cold snow mountains until they got into the entrance tro the mountains of terror. The stone was cooler of blood and the sky was black and it looked like the sky was on fire and it was rain, blurred, and fire, and drachness. Wait, I think I think the terror here doesn't have anything to do with the mountains, really. <laughs> like, it sounds like the sky here is really scary. Yeah. No description of the mountains. They might be normal. I mean, it's raining fire. It's like raining fire. <laughs> it was a horrible place. <laughs> it was a horrible place. Oh, sorry, it was a horrible palace. But they had to go in to get the Brian, so they went in. The Cave of Skull was a drac cave, and the walls were made out skulls of many poeple, and it smelled like dead Bodhi. Oh no! <laughs> I love the. You know, I would realizing. think that you would want to go into a cave if it was raining fire outside. Yeah, I think this is better. Yeah. Darkula and Kells creeped it in Sid and look around for an org for taking the brain. Eventually, they got to back of cave and sawed a green ogre asleep in the dark cave. So Dracula did a vampire magic spells and stunned the ogre. Horrib ogre, now yo will give us the Brian for the spell, yellowed Dracula, and the ogre turned around. Okay, wait a minute. He was sleeping. They could have just snuck up on him. Why is he, like, stunning him so he can, like, understand the horror of his demise? That's really sick. (laughs) Yeah. And the ogre turned around. He was very fat and had funny eras like Tobes. And he said, No, you don't want my Brian. It is a small Brian. I am called Shirk the Ogre. And I am not evil like the Others. Hmm, why trust you, scum? Mentioned Dracula. And then Kel said, Okay, if you can show us wh- where to get a new brain, I will spare you live. Okay, said Shrek. <laughs> I will find a new one. <laughs> And so he went out. Why is she? Why are they suddenly sickos? Uh, I don't know. 
<laughs> but it's like it's really funny because they're sickos who are like really easily dissuaded he doesn't <laughs> give them any actual reason why his brain wouldn't work he's just like no you totally wouldn't want it trust me it's like telling a vampire that your blood tastes bad well i mean he says he's not evil like the others maybe they only want to kill an uh, an evil ogre <laughs> well I mean, just saying, no, I'm not evil, doesn't really mean anything, does it? First, I must find Donkey and Cat and Boots. They will help defeat the ogre. And so Shrek went to look for it. And then he came back with Doinky and Cat and Boots. Hello, I am Shirk Best Friend. It is Tur. He is not an evil, like other ogres. He is a good one. Okay, said Kelly. And so they set off for find a new ogre to take the Brian. Okay, so well, the, the talking donkey said so, so we believe him. I haven't seen Shrek. Are these characters trustworthy at all? That's just, like, not a question I consider when, like, uh, when thinking about these characters, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, me not really knowing anything about Shrek, it's like, um, are these two uh, known for their honesty, or would they lie to save their asses in the situation? Because, again, like, I'm not terribly convinced by like he's totally not evil bro trust us uh i think they would lie yeah <laughs> chapter seven ogre battle ogre battle soon they did find one and thos was a brown ogre he had many scars on his body and wore a gold crown and armor made of human bones and had an axe made from skull of a woolly ammoth then he saw Dracula, and he rare with terrible anger. Dracula, my archenemy from hundred of years. Yes, Bone Cruncher, <laughs> is it me? Spat Dracula coldly. Wait, so he knew there was an ogre that he had a beef with, and he didn't immediately suggest that guy? <laughs> like, hey, there's an ogre I want to kill anyway. I think this backstory needs to be explained. Like, why... It, it's it's weird that he just happens upon his arch enemy. <laughs> um, Did he, like, forget about this guy? I guess so, now? yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. Your castell should be mine, foulish vampire, roared born Krunkeher angrily, and he leapt and carried at Dracula, who pulled out his sword and got ready for the fagite. Never, he shouted, and Dracula thrust his sword at Ogre King, bit it missed, and then Kells pull out her magic sword of Caesar, and it give her the power of her father. Guards, I am attacked, screamed Bone Cruncher, and then two ogre guards came and fought Shrek and his friends. When it says that um, the sword gave her the power of her father, uh, what powers does he have apart from, like, political power? <laughs> um... I guess it's just a normal sword. Donkey kick an ogre, and it roared with pain, and then Shirk burped loudly in a ogre face, and he was knocked out from off-fuel stench. Meanwhile, Dracula and Kelly fought the Bind Cruncher, and he swings his mammoth club and strikes Dracula in the side, and he was hit. Oh no, the pain, said Dracula, and then Kells <laughs> got her Caesar sword and stabbed hard into Ogre King's skull. Rared the Opgar King, and he heavied his club for final swing. But Shirk came and he grabbed the club. He was strong, and the club was not hitting Kelly. Then she stabbed him in the face, and he bleeded all over the floor and walls. And then he died. <laughs> Reminds me of um <laughs> the scene where uh Edibi uh stabs Snake Tail. Um yeah, <laughs> he did not ask to have sex with her first though. No. 
Huari, cried Donk G. We have won. And then Dracula got up and took out the brain and put it into a magic bag for kepting it safely. Thank you for saving me, Shrek, said Kelly. And Dracula said, yes, I was wrong to not trust. Okay, said Kells. Now we must go for the gold deest in mines in the desert. And Shrek will come with us. Okay, said Shrek. And so they set off for desert mines for get the gold fust for ancient spell. So they have a full party of four now. Yeah. It's um, it's just like Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> yeah, Baldur's Gate was the only game to ever do that. <laughs> That's right. You know, you see that you're the one talking about Baldur's Gate 3 now. The tables <laughs> I'm, have I'm only tabled. bringing it up to make fun of you. All right. So uh, this is about halfway through the first uh, story. Uh, we are going to stop here, and then we are going to come back and read some other stories by King Arthur 2. All right. Sounds good. Uh, catch you after the break. We're back. We're back. All right. So King Arthur's uh, biggest stories have been uh, the quest for the Holy Grail and Kelly the Roman Warrior. But he, he's also written a lot of um, like one shots. Uh, the first one that was on his uh, fanfiction.net is called The Simpsons Go to the Zoo. Um, Looks like it's just called The Simpsons Go to Zoo. Oh, yeah. Um, it, well, it, it, the the story is called The Simpsons Go to Zoo, and then the description says, The Simpsons Go to the Zoo. My third story, please read and give a review. This is the real version. I lost my password for old account. King Arthur. You know, let me see if the other account is still up. Oh, yeah. I wonder. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's still up. Um... Let me read the description, actually, of his account. Mm -hmm. uh, Hello, I am King Arthur, and I like Harry Potter and World of Warcraft, and also the story of King Arthur. As you can know from my name, I also like to made stories. Please read and comment on them. I am only at school and bad at spelling, so don't be insulting, okay? I would never dream of being insulting. Um, <laughs> BCW, I'm young and have dyslexia. I find spelling hard, but it's meant to be informal, okay? Does this mean that he only has access to the computer from school? He joined uh, November 25th, 2011, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, the, the Simpsons Go to the Zoo uh, is his uh, third story, it says. Uh, and if we look at the order here, the first was the quest for the Holy Grail, which we're not going to read because it's long. Um, and uh, there, the second one is called Pocket Monster Battle. And the third is the Simpsons Go to the Zoo. And then I guess it just goes from there. Um, yeah, he has a lot of these that are like uh, one chapter, two chapters... Yeah. Uh, why don't we actually start from the second story, uh, yeah. Pocket Monster Battle. All right, Pocket Monster Battle. It's really weird to me because uh, that's clearly like a misspelling on his part. He thinks it's called Pocket Monsters, but Pokemon is short for Pocket Monsters. So <laughs> Yes. Um, Pocket Monster Battle. A Battle of the Pocket Monsters. My second story. Please read and give a reveal. Note. I did not watch Pokemonster before, but my Ferade, he told me about it and what happened, and he said I should make a story, so if I get it wrong, I don't know. I put what the monster looked like from the Nam on Lee. 
Okay, I this love should be fun. the concept of a young person <laughs> in 2012 um, who has absorbed nothing about Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Like, how is that even possible? <laughs> I mean... Like, I... I didn't get to play video games growing up, but I was born in the mid-90s, so I think I, I knew a lot of Pokemon just, like, uh, via cultural osmosis before I'd ever played a Pokemon game. <laughs> it was, know. like, inescapable. I don't maybe, know. Maybe he just has, like, no interest whatsoever in anime and cartoons, because, like, all this stuff seems to have to do with, like, uh, Lord of the Rings and stuff. Yeah, but I wouldn't describe myself as having been into that as a kid, and I, I still knew, like, a fair amount about Pokemon just from growing up in the late 90s and 2000s. Yeah, this is really exciting, honestly. I'm, I'm really, um... <laughs> I'm really interested uh, to read a Pokemon fanfic written by someone who has never experienced Pokemon before. Right, what a unique perspective. All right. Ash Ketchup and his fire... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Already off to a great off start. Off to a great start. Ash Ketchup and his Fire and Misty and Brock were sighting in the middle of the Posset Monster Center because the were waiting for the monster to be healed. Pikachu had been wounded in a fight with a team rocket and needed to be medicined by the nurse. Hello, nurse, said Ash. Can you med mediate my monster? Yes, whispered the nurse. Okay, said Ash. And he went to the computer to look at other monster. <laughs> so far, this is basically exactly like the Pokemon anime. He also had Bulbasaurus, which was it looked like a dinosaur with a light bulb for <laughs> 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 it, it literally did not. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> you okay? The call dropped. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pull yourself together. He also had. <laughs> he also had Bulbasaurus, which was it looked like a dinosaur with a light bulb for a head, and he mm -hmm. had a car man -ter. <laughs> Well, you know, not quite, <laughs> but, but I appreciate the, the thought. Carmander. Oh. <laughs> he also had many more monster in his computer. Okay. <laughs> Me too. Okay. Me too, buddy. Okay. The Pikachu has been healed, replied the nurse, and so Ketikop and Misty and Brock went <laughs> Who is Ketikop? Who is Ketikop? 
I think I think that's a really <laughs> severe misspelling of Ketchum. Why why is he being referred to by his last name all of a sudden? I don't know. Oh, oh my god. Okay. <laughs> and so Ken a cop and Misty and Brock went outside to Pocket Monster Battle Place. Parentheses. My friend told me it was called a gym, but that is name of a man. And parentheses. <laughs> Gym teacher. That's a good point. <laughs> Suden, an evil man, jump out of bush and saud. He he he, I am Team Rocket, and I chalen you to a monster battle. Um, very out of character for Team Rocket. Uh, they would, like, disguise themselves first. And <laughs> Yeah, I feel like jumping out of a bush is actually a little bit sophisticated for Team Rocket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, they actually do something stupider. <laughs> He had a carmander. <laughs> Just a man in a car in one thing. <laughs> this is a beautiful story. I think this this person has um <laughs> has really captured the spirit of uh the Pokemon anime. <sighs> okay, said Brick. I can beat the rocket, <laughs> and he brought a monster ball and. In it was a monster, and it was called Onyx. I don't know what it looked like, because Onyx doesn't sound like anything. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. It's a gem. <laughs> but also, I like that this author knows that uh, Brock's like signature Pokemon is Onyx, but not what Onyx looks like. <laughs> yes, or what an Onyx is. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably... A scray monster. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess. If you're a kid and you see an onyx, you're like, wow, that must be a powerful monster. Uh, They're pretty big. Rocket brought out a ball, and his name is just Rocket. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this person quite understands the concept of, like, Team Rocket. Rocket brought out a ball and had a monster, and it was called Coughing, and it was <laughs> like a man <laughs> who coughed all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not quite. But... <laughs> You're getting there. <laughs> I love the idea of Pokemon just being a regular fucking guy. <laughs> Getting the Pokemon, Grandpa. Oh <laughs> there are tears running down my face. I can't. This is the hardest I've ever laughed on this podcast, <laughs> which is saying something. Yeah. <laughs> cough, cough, went the man, and it coughed an onyx, and then onyx was dead. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> wait, wait. Um, not to, like, bring type effectiveness into this, but... <laughs> um, I don't think poison does anything to, like, a dual-type rock steel. He gave, he gave on onyx tuberculosis. Onyx can't get tuberculosis. He's rocks. Well, the author doesn't know that. Onyx doesn't sound like anything. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> oh, now you have defeater me. I must to nurse to get my monster heal. Okay, snarled the rocket. I will battle next and Misty. <laughs> They're like right outside the Poké Center though, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, and she brought a ball and in was a monster called Staryu and it was like a big star. Actually got this one right, <laughs> yes. but I'm sure it's just coincidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It did a star shoot and tried to hit the man, but he runned away. Then the man coughed at the star monster, and the cough hit it dead. Damn, this guy's OP. It's just a... Yeah. It's a guy. It's just a guy who coughs. <laughs> yeah. Cry, said Mistra, and runned away to nurse for the heels. She just said cry. <laughs> Wait a minute. I thought I thought for a minute that she was, like, using the, like, cry Pokemon move or, like you know, uh, fake tears, whatever it's called. Yeah. But yeah. no, she just says cry. <laughs> yeah. I will defat the rocket, said Arsh. And do he went and got a ball and out the Bulldosaurus one. Attack my dinosaur monster, said Ash Ketup. And the monster attacked a man and stamp on him. Ha ha, your coughing is dead. Yes, I will make another monster, and it was a monster called Meowth, which is sort of a cat monster. Oh, he's, he's getting better at this. <laughs> yeah. Is he, like, making monsters? Like, literally making them? <laughs> You'd think this would solve a lot of Team Rocket's problems if they could just, like, make Pokemon. It did a Mewo, and the Dinosaurus did a light shoot from its Bulba head, and it hit the Meowth one and made it Goon Floor. Haha, oh, I no. win, not yet. I have one more monster, the best of all monstre, and so out come a monster called Muth 2, which my friend told me is the best one. Why does- why is this, like, random Team Rocket grunt who's, like, hiding in the bushes, why does he have Mewtwo? <laughs> if you have Mewtwo, why are you, like, fighting some random kids? You have Mewtwo. I will use my Pikachu, what my friend told me it was a yellow rat that could ache the lightning. <laughs> That, that's true. That is what it is. The Mewtwo did a Mewo attack and tried to eat the rat one, but it did a lightning bolt and kill Mewtwoth. Aha! You are best warrior of monster battle, said Rocket. Yes, I am, said Ash Ketchup. And then he went back to Mossner Center to find Brick and Miss Sitte. Mm. That was quite the story. <laughs> that might be the best Pokemon fanfic I've ever read. <laughs> oh, let me look at the reviews. Ririn says, could you please move this fanfiction to the correct category? This fanfic belongs in the Pokemon section in the games category. Monster is an anime about a Japanese doctor in Germany who saves the life of a boy who turns into a serial killer several years later. <laughs> wow. Congratulations on your second story. A piece of advice. Try separating the story into paragraphs with each new piece of dialogue on a new line. It makes it a lot easier for people to read. I appreciate this person. Like, just, just knowing, like, okay, this is clearly some kid. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to offer some, like, light critique. Um, yeah. Uh, and King Arthur replies, okay, thanks for a review. I put in right place now. Next time I will try, I'll put the new lines. Never did that. Yeah. Uh, someone says, I am speechless, truly speechless. And another one says, um, what? I can't understand what I'm reading here, punctuation man. I really don't <laughs> think that's the problem. No, I don't think punctuation would, would fix it at this point. Should we look at some of the others? There are a bunch of other stories that this guy has written that are like one chapter long, one paragraph long. Are you sure that you want to look at something else? Because I don't think that anything could top that. I mean, it it was it was beautiful, but should we at least uh, like briefly peruse our options here? We'll see if there's anything else worth. Uh, yeah. Do you want to read at? one? Yeah. I mean, like, what are our other options here? We have. The Simpsons go to uh, the zoo. The Simpsons zoo. go to zoo. Uh, Quest for the Holy Grail is too long. That's 21 chapters. K 
Captree in America and the Aileen attack. Um, There's Yu-Gi-Oh! and the Romans. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! and the Romans. But that's three chapters. Do you want to just read uh, The Simpsons Go to the Zoo? Because um, that's a... Okay, yeah, maybe we can save Yu-Gi-Oh! and the Romans for later. Cause yeah, that's, yeah. That's pretty funny. <laughs> All right, The Simpsons Go to Zoo. This is a very short one. One morning, Mr. and Mers Simpson woke up in the bed and looked out of window. It was suddenly, and then they said, we will go to zoo. So they got the car and driven to zoo, and it had the animals in it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Checks out so At- far. <laughs> yep. <laughs> makes makes sense to me. At the zoo was a zookeeper, and he said, oh no, you cannot ingo there. There was a bad escape, and it was a lion and a tigger and they did climb out of cages. <laughs> probably should. Never mind, said <laughs> Prob- Homer Samson. You know, probably <laughs> probably should put tops on the cages. Um, you know, lions yeah. and tigers can jump pretty high. <laughs> they can jump quite high, yeah. That's like a notable thing about cats. Um, they can climb also. <laughs> Never mind, said Homer Samson. We will go in. We are not scared. <laughs> so they lion- went inside the zoo. There's a lion and a tiger on the loose, and, and they're just letting people in. They're just like, hey, just so you know, there's a lion and tiger on the loose, which honestly is something that would happen in The Simpsons. Um, like, we, we can't afford to close the zoo. It'll it'd cost us too much money. Um, just be, be, yeah. be aware of the escaped animals. Yeah, I love Homer just being like, well, it's not that scary. Mm-hmm. And they saw it an elephant and a giraffe, and also a bear, and some snake, but not a lion or tiger any place. Then Lisa, who is smart, said, Look, I can see the lyron. And then it was jump in the air and land nearby. She's smart Roar, so she can see it. Roared the lyron. The others are too stupid <laughs> yeah. to see it. Yeah, they all failed the perception check. <laughs> Roar, roared the lyron. And then Homer was scared, and he run at the tree to hide, but there was a tigerer in the tree. Oh no, what will happen to the children, said Homer. But then the zookeeper came, and he rided on a gazelle, and he carged DeLorean, and he hit it with Keeper's Broom. <laughs> okay, um, not a zookeeper's job, I don't think. This guy is just going above and beyond. <laughs> Employee of the year over here. <laughs> Hurrah, cheers Bart and Homer, and then the Turger attacked the Keeper, but he <laughs> managed to win. He won. In brutal striggle. Thank you, zookeeper, said Marg. What is your name, please? But the zookeeper did not answer. He said, call "Call me zookeeper. I am here to save the world from the bad animals. What? (laughs) Is this some, like, superhero origin story, but it's just a zookeeper with a broom? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's like he wanted to become a zookeeper so he could beat up animals who are causing trouble. They're just animals. They're not They're just, bad. They don't have a concept of right or wrong. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Hurrah, cheer every Samson. And then they went home. <laughs> That's the whole story. Uh, there are ten reviews on this. Um... The this one person says you gotta love troll fix nice one to which uh, King Arthur two replied I don't get it there is not troll in this story not even one I will never get tired of that joke <laughs> yeah I like how in um like light and dark the adventures of Dark Yagami which we will get to uh, eventually we're definitely gonna have to cover um, that one 
the author's like, <laughs> uh, there's no trolls in this story, but I might write a goblin someday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ebony's name is Enneby, not Mary Sue, okay? Looking at the reviews, uh, just people saying, like, it learned to spell, good job. Someone says, still a better fanfic than Cupcakes, which, you know, I, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then someone who commented twice, can't you people see this guy as a five-year-old or is trolling? <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's the mystery. Yes. Anyway. I was just looking at the reviews for Kelly the Roman Warrior to see what people no, are No, don't, don't spoil saying. yourself yet. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. I'm, I'm still, like... I did not expect that to fucking, it's like a car and a man, and Bulbasaur, Bulbasaur is a dinosaur with a light bulb for a head, like, that fucking destroyed me. Yeah, um, I'm just, like, delighted by the concept of a, a young human person who is alive and has never seen, like, <laughs> the Kanto starters. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So, that is going to be all for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out on Tumblr at Literary Demerit. We upload new episodes on Fridays. You can find us on Patreon or wherever you download podcasts. Thanks so much to The Birthday Massacre and Metropolis Records for the use of their song Counterpain. You can find them on Bandcamp, Spotify, and Apple Music. And remember... You don't own anything. All credit to the original owners!